Welcome, everybody, to All Met Sports Talk. We're here, episode two. Uh, great feedback from last week's episode with Zachy Wheatley from Archbishop Spalding High School, the Penn State football recruit. A lot of positive feedback. A lot of people really enjoyed it. So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, just to name a few, all the, all the major ones there. A few housekeeping notes before we get to today's interview. I have a great interview lined up. My, well, he is my best friend, but uh, also one of the best football minds I've ever been around. But a few housekeeping notes. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram at All Met Sports Talk, Facebook at All Met Sports Talk, and Twitter at All Met Talk. So I uh, have a lot of fun interviews lined up in the works. But today, we're going to talk to the one and only Mr. Lonnie Moore. Lonnie, welcome. Hey, welcome. Glad to be here, Sharon. Appreciate you joining us today. So you have a lot of your whole life pretty much spent in this area, playing football, playing basketball, but really, you know, dominating on the football field and then uh, all the way through college and then coming back to to serve the youth. And, and really, the reason I wanted to have you here today was Zach, he had mentioned something last week. He really talked about how his time playing Little League football is really what prepared him the most to get ready for college. I mean, obviously going into high school, but he was being recruited very heavily even when he was just in grade school. It propelled his commitment now to one of the best football programs in the entire country. But he leaned back on his experience with the Columbia Ravens going to three straight state championships with them. Just his experience, you know, how different sports also, because you're a multi-sport guy. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. a multi-sport guy, uh, but how different sports, which I hadn't even thought about. He said playing outfield and in, in baseball helped him with tracking the football, you know, so now as a D-back, Correct. as a receiver, he can, you know, he tracks the ball because of his experience playing baseball. So, but I wanted to talk to you because you've had an extremely successful coaching career putting multiple kids into big high schools who have gone on to div- play division one, division two, II, division three football. And then even with your own son, who's now playing college basketball, but played Correct. football for you, you know, his entire life up, up until high school. So, so just wanted to talk to you first, your, your Laurel born and bred PG County. PG County's in the house. Yes, sir. Nothing uh, wrong with the Laurel, Laurel Spartans. Yeah, all right. And Law Boys and Girls Club before that. Correct. Law Boys and Girls Club was my foundation, like I said, and it was more. And I'm so glad I got to shout out the best coach I ever probably had throughout my high school career, through my football career, is Mr. John Toronto that resides in Florida right now. Mr. Toronto told me the importance of being a student first Mm -hmm. and then an athlete. So I just Mm -hmm. want to shout out Mr. Toronto, Coach Toronto, because like I said, that stuck with me from the age of 12 throughout my adult life now. And like you said, when we're talking about the Laurel Boys and Girls Club and what it has done for not only me, but so many other student athletes, but for me, it actually was a turning point for the better. That place actually helped save my life. Mm. And like you said, and, and I took all those things, the little nuances, and not just on the football field, I'm talking about in life. I was taught a life skill. I was taught how to use my hands in a productive manner that led to actually helping me feed my family now during, during this pandemic as I'm a skilled carpenter, I'm a painter and things of that nature. All these things was a great testament of what I learned at the Law Boys and Girls Club. So I want to shout out the Law Boys and Girls Club at 701 Montgomery Street in Law Merlin because like you said, it was more than football. It was more than boxing. It was more than baseball. Mm-hmm. It was actually preparing me for life, even though I didn't know it at the time. But I'm so grateful. I'm eternally grateful for the Law Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, and back then you uh, you know you could pay one fee and play all those sports. 
Correct. And and the the fee was not so much about the sport itself, but actually once you pay that $75, I believe back in 1987, <laughs> you can play all the sports, but also you were able to learn how to be a carpenter if mm. that was something that interests you, a painter. They had classrooms set up so you can actually become whoever you wanted to be if you had that dream to become and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just want to shout that out and I just pray and hope that one day we'll get back to those roots because like I said, it's a living testament that mm-hmm. those things that I learned back then, back probably what, 30 years ago, I'm actually utilizing to actually subsidize my income here at home with wow. my wife and my beautiful children. Wow, that's great, man. So you go on to Laurel High School. That's right. So Spartan, Laurel, Spartan. building. Yeah. <laughs> So how was your career there? Well, it actually was funny because I really was, uh, with my upbringing, I had a lot going on in my personal life. So I never really concentrated on one sport. Mm-hmm. So it actually was like a double-edged sword for me. I didn't play varsity football until my junior year, mm-hmm. 1990. So in 87, I played uh, baseball. I was the only African-American on the law Spartans baseball team at that time, mm-hmm. playing left field. Uh, but like I said, I just always wanted to make sure that I, that I had a love and a passion for something, because if I started something, I never wanted to quit in the middle of the season. So I played baseball my freshman year. I wrestled a little bit. I ran track, uh, played basketball for two years, football for two years. And it drove the basketball coach, uh, Coach Jones, which is the <laughs> principal, retired principal now, Coach Dwayne Jones, it drove him crazy. And Coach Hikers, which is a legend for the Laurel Spartans, one of the only the only championship we won in football was him at the helm. And um, actually, in my senior year, we was the first team to go 8-0 for the Laurel Spartans and uh, mm-hmm. fell a little short to the state championships. But uh, like you said, shout out to Coach Chuck Hikers as well. But I think it, it, it actually prepared me playing those multiple sports because like mm-hmm. Brother Zaki was talking about, uh, left field taught me how to track the football. Mm-hmm. I always was a running back during my Law Wildcats, Law Boys and Girls Club years. But later on in life, I became a receiver because I grew too much. Mm. I went from probably five, nine-ish to six, two and a half wow. from my junior year to my <laughs> freshman year in college. So I always had a desire to run the ball, but I grew into a receiver. And um, just pay- playing those multiple sports actually prepared me for not only the sports aspect, but in life, dealing mm-hmm. with different variations of things and diverse situations that prepare me to be the man that I am today. That's great, man. And that, so who were some of the ball, like in the Metro area? So you have, uh, you know, Virginia, I mean, I don't know, I'm more, I'm Maryland born and bred myself. So I don't, you know, I, I know some players down in Virginia, but between the, uh, you know, DC, PG County, Montgomery County, who were some of the, you know, the real ballers back then when you were playing? Absolutely. I can uh, hate to say this, but Dondre and Andre Owens from Duval High School down mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Montgomery County, we had two dogs, Sean Springs, that mm-hmm. actually played for the Washington Redskins. Yep, went to Ohio State. That's right, Ohio State. Yep. And then I believe the best football player during that time from 87 to 91, Richie Anderson. Mm-hmm. I mean, he dunked all over us in basketball. <laughs> He ran laps around us in track, and then in football, it just was sickening. Mm. He was a man-child playing with a bunch of boys. So I believe those four was the ones that always stuck out. And, of course, my teammates, Tony Pierce, the running back that uh, could do it all, fullback, extraordinary D-tackle, 
Eric Thomas that went on to play with Randy Moss up at Marshall. Just a just to name a few. Man, nice. So then you go on and you play your college career up in Morgan State. So talk about your experience in Morgan State. Well, it actually started off, I wasn't a student athlete at mm-hmm. first from Laurel High School. I really didn't have any attention. Shout out to Mr. Fisher and first generation college bound because Mr. Fisher was a uh, my mentor is God sent, and he actually sought after me because I never had any intentions to attend college. I just thought I'd ball until my senior year, get a job, and go on. So I had a pit stop at Potomac State College at West Virginia okay, University, right. Virginia yeah. College Football. And Mr. Fisher and First Generation College Brown paid huge dividends to prepare me to get away from home, get away from Laurel. Like I said, I've been here. I'm 40 eight years old almost, and I've spent majority of those 48 years here in Laurel, Maryland. But Mr. Fisher and first generation college bound actually got me prepared to go to JUCO. I balled out there for two years and then I transferred to Morgan State University. At Morgan State, it was a little challenging at first because mm-hmm. I never was a part of a losing program. Mm. And I believe I lost more my first year more Morgan State. <laughs> the first 15 years of football. But like I said, Morgan prepared me to be the man that I am today. Yeah. And I want to shout out Coach Davis, the running back coach during my time. I believe he just retired two years ago. Mm. Coach Davis always was in my corner. I was a wide receiver at Morgan State University. My senior year, I was able to lead the conference in yards per catch. But it all goes back to Coach Davis believing in me even when I wanted to give up. And like I said, I never was a quitter. But transferring in and you're not one of the head coaches prom recruits and someone else recruited you mm-hmm. you're not in their quote-unquote sphere of being getting playing time so it was a little harsh my fresh I mean my junior year there at Morgan State I didn't play a lot I played on special teams kickoff but each and every day coach Davis would whisper something to me and he would say it just like this don't you quit, Lonnie Mo? Don't you quit, Lonnie Mo? And I didn't understand it at first because here is the running back coach, mm-hmm. and I'm a wide receiver. So what it boils down to, regardless of who you are, is beyond coaching. Mm-hmm. And he saw something in me that the other coaches did not. And he's most importantly, he saw that I can be be whatever I can be as long as I don't give up on my dream and attaining those goals. So I'm so grateful and eternally grateful for Coach Davis at uh, Morgan State University. And my time was great there at Morgan State. Like I said, my senior year, I was missed a couple of games for uh, I had a, a growing injury and also a muscle flexor. But I led the conference in yards per catch as the X receiver. I became uh, one of the ones that was sought after, had Jacksonville Jaguars, Ravens come to my pro day, didn't fare too well. But it was an opportunity that was afforded to me. And I was one of those guys that didn't put all my balls into one basket. So when pro wasn't an option for me, I was able to fall back on my degree in sociology. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you got know, your degree, Morgan, and that's the most important thing. That's right. I got my degree, and I was actually got my badge, my degree, as being a student athlete. Right. And I was grateful for that. Amen, man. That's great. And uh, was Ricky Waters, was he coaching? Was yeah. he there when you were playing? No, he wasn't there. He came the year after I finished, but I was a coach with him. I was on the staff. Oh, so okay. Dirty Waters, uh-huh. may he rest in Yeah. Stump Mitchell, which is the running back coach for the Cleveland Browns right now. Uh-huh. Coach Stump Mitchell. Myself, I was the wide receivers coach. So me and Coach Waters had battles every day verbally. Oh. And he could talk and 
He wanted to line it up with me, but I wasn't that foolish to do so. <laughs> even later on in his life, he still can knock the socks off. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I stayed in my lane. I stayed in my lane, and I talked to talk, but I definitely didn't walk the walk. I know that's right. But may he rest in peace. Yeah, man, he was a good one. Um, yes, sir. Gone way too soon. Um, all right, so then let's fast forward now. So your your playing career is over. You mentioned all these coaches who who meant something to you. And then you decide you want to start coaching. So, so how mm-hmm. does that work out? Well, actually, I never. My intentions were never to coach. Uh, my intentions at that time wasn't to coach. It was just to get my son, Donye Moore, who was actually battling with uh, epilepsy from the age of infancy to probably four and a half. So I never really talked about football or any other sports with him because I didn't know the unknown. So when the doctor cleared him for contact sports, I said, "Okay, let's go." to my roots, the Law Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. So I went up there to actually just register my son. And then one of the coaches stepped down at the age that my son, Donye, and your son, Bakari, was mm-hmm. playing. And therefore, that's when I became the head coach for that uh, eight and under team at that time. But the most important thing about that is that the Lord never allowed me to handle any kids before I got saved. So even though I had a desire, my schedule at IBM would never allow me to coach. When I, once I got saved, God started opening up all types of avenues. And that was just another avenue he opened up for you and I, mm-hmm. Coach Sherman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's where I cut my teeth. Right, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so, and back, so... At that time, the CBL, Capital Beltway League, was – I mean, they were – so it was between Capital Beltway League – What league? Mid-Maryland. Mid-Maryland, that's it. So right. those were the two dogs. I mean, it, there right. was some – I mean, when you talk about talent and when we – you know, it, it's fun to talk about this age group. Again, going back to uh, what Zach, he was saying, you know, I mean, there was so much – talent i mean you had antoine booth he's uh i actually coached him in basketball as well he's headed to michigan state next year to play football um he was up there with the with the ravens as well i believe but um talk about some of the players that you had and and i had with you as well but some of the players that you coached because not only did you coach with um uh laurel boys and girls club but you also had the opportunity to coach at its infancy the grassroots with hc stars and I know you had some dogs right. there too. So I know you were at Oni for for a year and mm-hmm. uh, and had some good good council players out there. So talk about some of the players uh, that you had the opportunity to coach and, and mentor. And, and really, I personally think the reason that some of these kids are playing this high level college football now, or some are, are finished their careers now, is because of you and what you meant to them. So talk about some of those kids and where they went on to school. Well, we always had the motto: each one reach one. And um, like you said, uh, from the first team with me, you and I, uh, the eight and under team, the C team that no one wanted to coach. Mm-hmm. And then me and you took it upon ourselves. Then everybody wanted our team the following year. But from that, from that, in, that, that, in, that first year of coaching, Mr. Devin Judd, mm-hmm. dull, quiet, hard worker, one of the best athletes I ever had the opportunity to coach. Hands down. But he, hands down. But even a better young man. Mm-hmm. That went on from Law Wildcats, he went up to Good Counsel to be a stud, on to Columbia, I believe. Harvard. Harvard, I mean. There yep. you go. You had to correct it. That's why I always had Sherman in my <laughs> defensive coordinator. Harvard. And he's a true definition of a student athlete. Mm-hmm. He can ball out on the field, but most importantly, he can ball out in the classroom. And he graduated from Harvard in four years. Right, in four years. Yeah. 
So he's and, I, and I'm hoping to have Devin on, actually. I'm hoping to have him on here in the next three or four weeks to have him talk about that experience as well. So Right. Yeah. So Devin, Devan, Hebron Jr., mm-hmm. Dog. outside linebacker Dog. at Morgan State, <laughs> my hometown, my bad brother, playing outside linebacker. They try to deny him. Didn't mm-hmm. want him to walk on. Now he's one of their best players on the team. Just a testament of his can't quit attitude. Yeah, it's something that go ahead, Coach Sherman. Yeah, he uh so it's I think his story is something again, student athlete. He's been first team all conference or all academic, first team all act first all academic team in the MEAC uh his first two years at Morgan. Correct. So again, another student athlete. Correct. Zero offers coming out of high school. That's right. Walks on to Morgan. A few D2s, but yeah. that's, he yeah, knew he was no better D1s. than that. Yep. Correct. And he gambled on himself, said, well, I'm going to go to Morgan. I'm going to walk on. He's, what, on his fourth position, I believe. Correct. Going into his junior year. And it, if they have a season, will probably start at outside linebacker and is getting a ton of looks from, from the pro teams now. Correct. Could potentially leave early. He's so good. Yes, sir. He could. And he's going <laughs> to graduate early. Yeah. So, I mean, he's uh, but that's that's gambling on yourself, believing in yourself. But he is a dog. Right. And both of the kids we just named, the young men, Devin Judge, Van Hebron Jr., they had the foundation set at home. Mm -hmm. And me and you, our coaching staff was an extension. But whatever one thing we always show these kids, we just didn't talk it. Mm -hmm. We showed them that we care for them. We showed them that it's beyond. And one day that ball was going to stop bouncing or the football is going to stop being tossed. Mm -hmm. And we always kept them accountable, even at the age of eight. And until this day, Coach Sherman, like you and I can witness, 90% of those kids that spent more than one year with you and I, Mm -hmm. whether it was at the Laurel Wildcats, the Laurel Hurricanes, or wherever it may be, they still look at you and I as a father figure. That's right. So the ones that didn't have a father, we played that part. And it's nothing to shout for us. It's just that God allowed us to be aligned at that time to be what they was lacking. Mm-hmm. So the football was great. The athleticism was great. It's just my Super Bowls and my championships were these kids reaching back to me and saying, Pops or Father or Coach, I appreciate all you've done to me outside of football. Right. Thank you for being a great example, a man of God. To let me know that even when the things seem impossible, with God, all things are possible. That's my championship. Mm-hmm. But those as- athletes there, then we had Everett Jefferson at the Laura Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks didn't believe in this kid. I saw something in him that others probably did not. And he went on to ball out. Mm-hmm. He's even, playing now, playing in Oklahoma. He's playing now, now in yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. So those are type of kids that you and I were blessed to be a part of mm-hmm. their maturation process. We wasn't the five-star kids or whoever. We, we coached whatever we got. That's right. A lot because of times, knew, a lot of times right. it was not looking good. Hey, Ern, hey Ernest, Aker, Ernest Akers, now coaching with you. That's right. He's And, and, and that's one thing that Coach Toronto started with me. He always told me to sow back into your community. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I, it's, it's an honor is a privilege, you know, to go back and give back to the community to actually help you along the way as well. 
So uh, just to name a few, you got Devin, you got Devan Hebron Jr., you got Ernest Akers, you got Jameel Walker, Jamil, yeah. uh, you got Donye Moore, my son, that balled out as well. We have uh, at the HC Stars, we have Jeremy Mensa, yep. uh, that's balling out now. Another true testament of a student athlete, mm-hmm. a went to Riverdale, Went to Riverdale Baptist. Riverdale yeah. Baptist, but the guy is and such a was, genuine, gentle yes. giant. Yes. Playing, Respectable kid. I think he's finishing up his college career this year. Yes, sir. I believe. And I'm so proud of that kid, Jeremy Mensa. Uh, we had uh, yeah, Abdul. Abdul. Abdizzle. Abdul Adams. Yeah. Who's at Syracuse Adams. now. He's actually opted out this year, so we don't know yeah. if he's going to try out at the pro day or whatever it is, or he's going to go back for his last two years at Syracuse. Right, because he played his first right. two as a That's true right. freshman played at Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Number one and in the still, country, Oklahoma, when he got and there. Still, and still have a record up there, 99-yard right, touchdown run. That's right. And that's one of the most special kids i ever seen mm. athletic in my freak. life. Just a freak. Freak. Yeah. Abdul Adams. Yeah. Remember that name. Yeah. He's going <laughs> to go down as one of the greats for sure. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, I mean, you just had a wealth of talent. I can't even – so I should have wrote all the names down. Right. You know. But then – Excuse me, but then we talk about the year only. Mm-hmm. Some of the kids from the Wildcats, That's they right. went on Curtis, to Olney. Curtis Walker Curtis Jr. Walker, Jr. State. Just won a championship with Bowie back. State last year. Shout out another DMV school. That's right. He went to good counsel first and then That's right. to Bowie State. Yep. Nick Eggleson, uh, baller. Nick. And he is at high point running yep. track now. That's right. That's right. We got Nick Eggleson. We have uh, 6'9". Joe that plays outside linebacker at Oklahoma University as a red shirt freshman. Mm-hmm. We have Maurice Bellum at Army. Mm-hmm. Rodney Gold, I believe, at Army. So we had a plethora of talent, but it's not so much about the talent. It's about these kids becoming our own kids. Right. We never looked at it as, oh, that's my player. That's player X. No, that's my son. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing about, as you can be a testament to what I'm about to say, is that I made it clear to the parents that, okay, from such and such to such and such, these are my kids. That's right. And I just didn't say those things. I showed these parents that it's beyond football. Mm. Amen. And uh, you know what the the kids, I forgot. Well, first, you had the uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, too. He went to Minnesota, right? That's right. Yeah, That's right. I forgot he, he played, played for you. He played at Terps tonight. Maryland plays yep. uh, Minnesota tonight. Yep. <laughs> I forgot he played for you as well, running back at, right. at Minnesota. And then the, right. there was the kids, uh, the twins, or not the twins, the two brothers who went to Alabama. They they were Wildcat. They played with the Wildcats when we were there. Quandro twins. Yeah, Quan. That's it. Yep. <laughs> Coach Trent and them. Uh, Coach Trent. Coach Lawrence Waters at, uh, at Dematha High School. Yep. Shout out to Coach L. They was actually their coaches. So like that's I said, right. it was a plethora of talent that came through here. Now, my biggest thing about the canvas of youth sports today, particularly football, Coach, mm-hmm. is that we have lost our way. And when I say we, because I'm still included in that as a football commissioner at the Lower Wildcats. We I want to have, talk about that real quick. I'm sorry, because right, now you've, you've taken that next elevation from coach to commissioner. Correct. So now you're running the whole show. Correct. Absolutely. And and it's a daunting task, but I love every bit of it because, like I said, I get to see the things that I couldn't see as a coach. But I also have somewhat of power to change some things that are incorrect. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm grateful for the position that God has assigned me to because I'm always on assignment. 
So now that I'm on assignment, I see things and I really, really, really do not like what I'm seeing in youth, youth football particularly, because I can't speak on the other um, sports right now, but youth mm-hmm. football is getting a little out of control. Talk about it. This is your platform. Well, what do we need to fix? Is, I believe we need to rezone things, get the zoning back up. And the reason why I say this, it's not about just wins and losses. Of course, we play the game to win. We're right. all competitive. You're right. But when we start recruiting kids from other areas, recruiting kids from other cities, mm. not only do we break up that team, right. we break up communities. Mm. How many of those kids that get recruited? out of the city of Laurel goes on to place dividends in that community they've been recruited to. Or how many kids that comes that we have recruited to Laurel are going to come back to sow back into this community. So now mm-hmm. two things have happened. Yeah, you're winning, but at the same time you're losing it at the back end because now your community suffers because they don't feel a connection to the community as I do and others have done with the community of Laurel. Mm-hmm. The Laurel Wildcats actually was my transitioning to a better way of life. Laurel Wildcats was able, enabled me to play a sport that I love, enabled mm-hmm. me to learn some finer things in life, whether it's carpentry, painting, and things of that nature. So it's my privilege and honor, but also my duty to give back to that very community. Mm-hmm. So if, just imagine if I would have been recruited, which I was in youth sports. So when I hear people say there was no recruiting going <laughs> on back then, Bowie, Boys and Girls Club used to recruit me. Beltsville used to recruit me, but I stayed the pack. The reason why, because I am a genuine person and I truly believe in community. Mm -hmm. I cannot help another community if my community is in shambles. So that's why I've taken this challenge as a football commissioner over the last four years, the Law Wildcats, to try to bring this thing back together where we can actually sow into this community of the greater law community. Mm -hmm. Because we cannot help the surrounding communities if our household is out of order. And I truly believe with all the recruiting and the social media and things of that nature and these coaches beating their chest about championships and getting these kids into Division I and whatever it is, guess what? Stop. Mm -hmm. Most of these kids are talented enough, and we're not that good as coaches. Only thing we are are motivators, but most importantly, we should be an example of men mm-hmm. that can carry these kids, these young men, as far as they can possibly dream. And and I and I think the canvas of youth sports is struggling, especially youth football, because a lot of the parents have brought into the idea that my kids is nothing without winning. I went to Laurel Boys and Girls Club. I went to Laurel High School, a running team. Mm-hmm. We may have threw the ball maybe ten times the entire year. <laughs> I went on. <laughs> to play wide receiver in Division One football. So if you have the talent, they're gonna find hey, you. Hey, it's gonna find you, especially with all this social media. Yes, with right. the uh with all this technology now, if you can yeah. play everybody got YouTube ca- and Huddle you and go. everything else. Yeah. Only thing I caution these student athletes, make sure you put more into the student than you do athletes. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to set across from that recruiter and saying you have a two or below. Right. And I'll tell if you, you had, Go ahead. So, and that's another thing that, you know, Zach, he's, you know, he's, he's fortunate, kind of what you were saying, his dad, I mean, he, you know, he'd be prying his dad's foot out his tail for a week if he brought home anything lower than a B. So, you know, his dad didn't play that and still doesn't play that. But, you know, he said, look, when I went to Bethel Christian Academy, the academic, which is where I coached him in basketball, the academics were so hard that it prepared him for Spalding. So Spalding was like, okay, cool. Now, Spalding is so hard as preparing him for Penn State. And like I told him, look, 
Coach Franklin's not, he don't have 24 offers just because he can track a football. He's got 24 offers. He's got offers from Duke, from Vanderbilt, from some of the UVA, Penn State, you know, some of these very high academic schools, because before they're going to invest $150,000 in your education, they're going to need to make sure you can stay eligible. That's right. And I tell all my basket, you know, I'm a, I coach high school basketball now, private school, but I tell all of them, nobody is – it doesn't matter how much you can – now, some schools are going to come get you. I mean, we know that. Right, it's an exception. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some school <laughs> – but, but you know, Duke didn't come – Coach K's not right. coming if you can't stay eligible. Right. Right, so they – Well, you if know, you don't coach, qualify. If you right. don't qualify, it's a waste of time, right. Yeah, exactly. And I want to um, piggyback on your point because there's the community side, there's the, the honor side, and then there's also – when you look at schools, like some of these schools that are continuously winning, I'm talking public school right now, Urbana, Linganore, they're always there, right? right? They run a youth program and the high school coaches come from the high schools down to the youth program and say, here's what we're running. That's right. Start teaching your kids at six and seven years old to run this. So, you know, we were brought up, you run, you know, odds are left, evens are right. So 23 blasts, 24 blasts, only difference is left and right. They're Correct. running up there. It goes zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way down to nine. So like right. zero through through five or zero through four is on the left and five through nine is on the right. That's different than what we were taught. Right. So they, but their kids are being taught that from the time they're six. So when they get to Urbana, they get to Linganore, it's the same offense they've been in since they were six years old. So it's not foreign to them. Exactly. So instead of reteaching someone, only thing you're doing is building on. Right. You know, you're building. Of course, you won't give them everything. You give them their steak and potatoes, but then you don't get a dessert till you get to high that's school, right. whatever it is. And and, and that's and that's huge. When we were successful, Laurel High School, is because Laurel Wildcats was our feeder program. Right. There you go. And we ran similar things, and majority of the coaches that actually coached at the youth level became high school coaches. At Laurel High School, mm-hmm. besides Chikers, I believe they got it from Pennsylvania. But the JV coaches was the transitions to varsity. Mm-hmm. But they most of them started at the Laurel Wildcats. And shout out to Devon Powell at Laurel High School now mm-hmm. as a JV coach because he gets it. And me and him have been in constant contact, even though he's a JV head coach. But he knows the importance mm-hmm. of that, which we're speaking on now, that we as a Laurel community have to watch each other back in order for us to be successful because nothing like a winning football team. I'm not saying championship football team, a winning football team Mm -hmm. can bring the community back together. Man, a a winning football team. Look, look, I'm coaching basketball, but I know (laughs) now where I am, you know, I'm at Chapel Gate Christian Academy now, you know, made my transition there, but so we don't have a football team. So we are, you know, we're big man on campus. My basketball guys that said, when if you have a winning football team, if you're a private school, winning football team is going to get your recruits. That's right. They're, you're going to get your student body. Look at, and it translates all the way up to college. You got That's kids right. now who say, "I want to go to Penn State because I want to be a student at that whiteout game." That's you right. Know? Uh, and you get recruits. You can get a Zachy Wheatley up to Penn State, and you know Maryland can't keep them home because Penn State's winning. Right. You know. Winning football changes culture. Changes cultures. 
And it also changes the kids that are playing. Mm-hmm. Because now the the kid is on the JV team. Like, wow, I want to feel what those varsity feel, uh, players are feeling right mm-hmm. now. Yep. Those kids that's playing 12 and 13 football, the youth level is like, wow, I can't wait till I get to Laurel High School because they're doing some great things up mm-hmm. there. It's not so much about what position they're going to play. And that's something that you and I did as you being my defensive coordinators for the years that we coached together is that we taught polish, um, positioning list football. Devan right. Hebron is one of the greatest examples. Him and Isaac Biscuit Gunther. Mm-hmm. Regardless of wherever I needed, they was prepared to play. Biscuit had to play center one game because our centers and went down. Blowing that nose guard up. And was too. blowing him up. And he's a running we had back. A prop- That's right. Devan Hebron Jr. was the running back. I had a conversation with him, but because me and you always instilled in that you never know what you all going to grow into. So we're going to teach you in the entirety of football. Right. We're going to teach you the offensive line, the defensive line, quarterback, running back, receiver, whatever it may be. First day of practice, Coach Sherman, I asked the kids one simple question. How many of y'all want to be a running back? Everyone put their hands up. Yeah. I had them rated the offensive line. That's right. Yep. In order to no block, no rock. <laughs> and those little things carried on. To these days, these kids still talked about those conversations. Yeah, because they knew they was coming from a place of love, and we were genuine. And, and to your point, Devan is playing his fourth position on a Division One football program. And right. He's in his fourth. He's like the uh, who's that guy's name on the Redskins? <laughs> a few years back, that had played like seven different positions. Uh, Lorenzo, I- Lorenzo Alexander played right. like and seven it- positions. I said, man, Devan, and, and he's going and has a shot at going to the league. Because he can play different positions. He, he's played everything from safety all the way down to the end. That's right. That makes zero sense on a division one team. Zero sense. Yeah, and De- Devin, the- too. Devin was recruited as a receiver and as a D-back. Right. Yeah. But it's so. just a testament of, like I said, their family upbringing uh, and also just our coaching staff. Either mm-hmm. it was me, you, Coach Kenny, uh, Lawrence Waters, mm-hmm. Coach L. Uh, Big Ridge down in Georgia. Mm-hmm. When Coach I know it's kind of Coach uh, Demont Cook, Coach Pucci, my ace. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we had so many great coaches. And, and a lot of those guys work- are now coaching um, high school. Correct. Yeah. And I know my time, and I've been recruited to coach a good council with oh, Coach yes, Sal have, on yeah. defense to be a defensive uh, backs coach. But I understand my assignment is still here with the Laurel Wildcats. Coach L has asked me to come down to Damathen. But I understand my assignment is with the youth. Mm-hmm. And I see a void needed to be filled. And that's the reason why I believe God has positioned me where he has me right now. Amen, man. Look, Coach, it's been a, a great honor to have you, man. Appreciate your friendship. And, and it's been fun to just chop it up a little bit. You know, Laurel Boys and Girls Club is still going strong all these years later. You know, it's been – I know, you know, a lot of boys and girls clubs, I, when we were kids, they were everywhere, you know, as we just right. talked about. Um they're all falling by the wayside now. There's programs everywhere, but, you know, very proud of you. And, and thank you for all you're doing for your community and, and sewing back in. And, and you don't get paid to do any of it. You know, you, you, no. you pay. Well, you don't get paid a dime, I know. But you, you definitely pour more than just your, your love in. And I know it's, it's money. I, I know I can speak to, you know, you paying to get kids haircuts, you paying to buying kids cleats, doing right. little things when kids are coming from broken homes and you're you're just doing whatever you can. I mean, 
something as simple as a haircut. You know, when a kid needs a haircut, but the parents can't afford it and you're, you're going out of your pocket to do that for them. That's, that has nothing to do with football. That has to do with just being a good man, a good coach, a good mentor, and someone who loves this community and wants to give back. So uh, I honor you today. Thank you for all you've done, man. I, I love you and appreciate you. And, you know, you're changing lives. I mean, these kids are going on to high school, going on to good colleges, and, and they're getting degrees and are be- becoming good men, good fathers because of you. So man, thank you for everything you've done. All glory to God, but to make these things possible, of course, first and foremost, God, now Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But we had two wonderful women backing us while we was coaching. Your wife, Bernanda Jackson, I want to shout out because it's like you said, we pour into other kids, but they know our motivation. And my wife, Angela Moore. So I just want to shout out our two queens because it wouldn't be possible if we came home to nagging when, when when we're doing something that we love to do and we're called to do. So I want to shout those two queens out and I just thank you and I appreciate you and all that you've done and do in my life. By you being in my life, I became a better man and I appreciate and I honor you as my best friend. Thank you, my brother. Have a great one. Again, yes, thank you to our wives, my wife, Bernanda, and and Lonnie's wife, Angie, and all the wives out there who, who allow us to pour into other kids as well and our kids who allow us to who have to share right. us with a lot of other kids as well. So good luck to Donye, by the way. I know he's playing college basketball, hopefully. Frederick, yes, sir. <laughs> Frederick he's at practice right now. Okay. All right. And we'll, we'll right. be looking for him. He made that transition. Did not want to forget him. Uh, made that transition from football. And he's a, he's a story, too. You know, just right. he didn't play high school basketball till his senior year, you know. And, right. And became doing, team captain. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and was the last cut. That's right. Yeah. So from the last one being a coin toss of being cut to team captain and now, you know, living his dream. And he had he had offers to play college football, but you right. know, followed his heart and, and decided he wanted to play basketball and he's doing it. So sure. I know you're a proud pop. So thank you again. Thank you for everything, man. We'll catch you on the flip side. And for everybody, again, thank you for tuning in. Um, share this with your friends. Again, uh, thank you to Preston Suggs. You can find him on Instagram for the music, for the intro and outro music. I appreciate you. Tune in next week for another interview on All Met Sports Talk. Take care, everybody. God bless. Peace.